Today's episode is sponsored by the NBA and their quest to advance the game of basketball, grow the community, and impact culture. The league celebrates its teams, players, and fans across the past, present, and future as part of its 75th anniversary season. That's game highlights pivotal moments on court and beyond, from iconic plays and arenas to the impact players have in the community. That's the NBA. That's game. Like in the NBA Finals when the Bucks had their backs against the wall. Drew Holiday steals the ball, pushes the break. Alley hooped to Giannis for an iconic slam. Seals game five and the eventual title. That's the NBA. That's game. This is more than just basketball. It's what connects us all and keeps us coming back for more. That's the NBA. That's game. Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You're welcome. That that was an introduction. The, the excitement in your voice is is just because. Look at this. We have a superstar guest on the podcast. This that's week. right. That that's the that explains my unusual excitement <laughs> to be doing this podcast. <laughs> It's usually just dim and dismal. And with the world being dim and dismal, I know that the only reason you could bring any joy to this podcast is we have a superstar guest. I can't believe it. That's right. Exciting. Very excited. I've never actually met our guest, even though uh, we've been in the same room several times. But I don't think he can confirm or deny, but I don't think we've ever actually actually physically met. Well, you guys should meet because our superstar guest is a great friend of mine. And a star of stage and screen, Jeff Garland. Jeff, welcome. Um, I'm a little uncomfortable with the superstar moniker. (laughs) Um, I'm a comedian of some notoriety. Uh, In my eyes, that's what I am. I don't don't know the level of notoriety. Maybe I am a superstar. (laughs) Hey, Mike worked with a superstar. His name's Ted Danson. That's a superstar. That's right. That's a superstar. Right, there's, right. there's no question yeah. there. If you, I mean, if you're making, if you're doing this like the way you do it in basketball, where people get really angry about the distinction between stars and superstars, which, by the way, is one of the funniest and most meaningless <laughs> sports it. to be. By the way, it's like, it is. Is, is Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler a star or a superstar? <laughs> it's so dumb. But we could apply the same thing to Hollywood, right? right? Yes. Like you would if you if you want to talk superstars within in the world of TV, then you're talking about. You're talking about Ted Danson. Ted Danson's a Hall of Famer in the world of TV. He's done great work yes. on film, too, but he really is a television Hall of Famer. All right. And that's All right. why the idea that I work with him gets me really giddy. I love working <laughs> with Ted. He's All right. Yeah, hero, it's great. But you do, too. I know it. Because of my assumption, everyone that I've ever talked to that's worked with Ted leaves with, like, wow. Wow. All right. Not only yeah. good work, but just... The greatest gentleman. I've learned so much about life from him. That's awesome. Yes, life and acting and and art and commitment to your craft yep. and everything right, else. Well, like he is, he is a he is a Mount Rushmore okay, TV figure. Okay, no but question. If he's okay, so Ted Danson is LeBron of TV. Then yeah. Jeff Garland is Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that to me. No, I don't. I, you don't want to be Russell. You Westbrook. know who I? You know who I want to be? Uh, who do you want to be? 
Patrick Beverly. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. Patrick Beverly's an excellent comp. But, but Patrick I Beverly I... is 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 so important uh, having a Patrick Beverly. Uh, and the only other team that has a Patrick Beverly is Golden State with what's his name? Well, I was going to say your Iguodala. Because Iguodala, he's been in the final six straight years. He's like this incredibly integral part of the team. He was a, he was an MVP. He was a final right? MVP. Right? And I feel like your work on curb puts you into the Iguodala arena where it's like every year at the end of the year when you're looking back and saying like who, who mattered this year, there's Andre Iguodala. <laughs> and I think in the world of TV – you're saying there's Jeff Garland. I love this. That's very kind of you. I'll take that. See, I'm not, look, I, I, I don't get me. Look, I'm not into fame at all. As a matter of fact, I find, I find fame, you know, all right. So those fucking shows, uh, <laughs> the, the ones where people wear a mask and they sing and all that. All of the, the mask. Yeah, yeah. But Anyone who's invited, I'm talking about America's Got Talent, whatever, right. any of those shows, any right. game show, anything. The, the person that's famous, that's involved, the judge, whatever, those are people that really are, look, everyone likes enjoying making a living, but they seem to all be people who make a good living acting or singing. However, they love fame. Yeah. They love yeah. fame. And to me, that's, the least interesting thing about show business is fame. Fame only comes in, there's only one reason to be famous. And that is hopefully the maitre d' at a crowded restaurant knows who you are and is a fan. <laughs> because uh, outside of that, fame is worthless, worthless. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I also, uh, I would like to nominate myself as the Michael Doliak of writing. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's totally fair. You are the Michael Doliak, not just of Thank writing. You. Of You're actually more Michael Doliak than Michael Doliak. That's what I'm going to just say. <laughs> just I was going to, I was going to compare him to Sheena Easton. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'll take Sheena yeah, Easton. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> I was watching uh, Jay Crowder yesterday, and I was thinking, I'm the kind of the Jay Crowder of sports writing. I feel. Oh, yeah, all right. It, yeah, just it's. I mean, Jay Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder has is this weird modern creature in the NBA who is way uh, too big to do <laughs> what, what he, he does. does for a living. Yeah, he's he's an enormous <laughs> man, and and he's like the size of Bill Russell, basically. Right. And and his job now is to run to the corner and shoot, and shoot open That's corner it. threes. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird league right now. There's so many guys who are power forward size who are six eight six nine who have completely. I mean, it's to their credit, by the way. It's a hundred percent to Jay Crowder's credit and people like Jay Crowder that they they looked around and they saw that like banging in the low post and getting like fourteen points on 11 shots per game was not going to do it anymore for any team. And so they completely changed. Like it's how skilled these guys are that they, you know, like at age 29 or whatever, Jay Crowder is like, I got to shoot threes. I got to get re I got to shoot 40% from three to stay in the league. And so now he has this crazy role where he's like a, uh, he's like, he's basically like Jamal Crawford. You know, yeah. like he's like yeah. that guy. He's a guy who's just a shooter. It's so it's it's crazy. And it it really does um, put into high relief how skilled 
these guys are that they can pick up a new skill within their team's skill set portfolio that late in their careers and hang on and, and be con- and be like important be important contributors it's really wild it's actually absurd really i mean look the guy made 45 percent of his threes this year basically i mean it's like how did that happen yeah it's like he it's this and and it really makes you wonder because it used to be the nba was it was so much more like settled like oh you're you're a tall guy okay you stand here and you're a small guy so you bring the ball up the court and you're right. like a six, six guy. So you stand out here at the wing and shoot, you know, 18 footers and like everything was settled before you even got there. I mean, there were a few like magic came along and like, Oh, he's tall and he's a point guard. Okay. Well like, we'll create like a whole new thing, but that happens so rarely. And now there are no positions. There are, there is, there are no rules. Like one of the, the best shooter on the floor could be Anthony Davis at seven foot. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. The, it, the whole league and and you know jeff's a huge uh, a huge nba fan became a big clippers guy jeff i mean it's it's weird right very weird very very weird i mean that whole uh, center uh, power forward small forward yeah. shooting guard point guard that does not exist anymore mm-hmm. i don't I don't know. You know, you used to think when you were, if you, if you were going to be a basketball player, oh, I'm going to be the best point guard in the league right. or I'm gonna be the best shooting guard in the league, or I'm not that big a banger, but I can shoot it and I'm going to be a small forward. Those words mean nothing. Anymore. <laughs> it's nothing. so true. Yeah. It's so true. There's a, a, Albert Bernico wrote a piece for the defector, which is like the new site that was started by, by all the old Desmond guys, people. Yeah. And uh, he wrote this piece about how people sometimes will talk about the Lakers, quote, going small, end quote. <laughs> and he's like, when, they're, when the Lakers are going small, like the people they have in the court are like Markeith Morris <laughs> and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, and like, like all these guys who were like six and ten. And, it, and it, it's only because all he means is that there's not, they're not playing like a traditional center, like Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee aren't on the floor. By the way, I would but have to say that ridiculous. Dwight Howard is in my top five uh, least liked uh, athletes. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he's, a, I think he's in everybody's top, <laughs> top five least like that. Here's the thing though. They were showing him last night during the game, by the way, side note, I just looked up Jay Crowder. He's only six, six. So he's, he's not the size the of Bill Russell, he's but huge, he's huge. Cause he's so, yeah, muscular. he is a big yeah. dude. And importantly, and I'll also add that Kelly Olenek is 6'11", and he does the same thing. So whatever. The point is, last night they were showing Dwight Howard. He was at the free throw line, and he does that weird thing where he stands like two feet so back weird. from the actual free throw line. It's so weird. But like they were, and they were talking about how he's had this itinerant life in the NBA in the last five years. He's played for like 11 teams in right. five years. But when they were showing his accomplishments, I was like, oh, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame without question. Like he's an eight-time All NBA player. He's he's won like. He's won like every award you can win. He's going to win a ring this year in all likelihood. Uh, And like Dwight Howard, as much as everybody hates him, that dude is totally going to the (laughs) Hall of Fame. What is that Hall of Fame speech going to be like? It's going to be, it's going to be whack. How about this? I won't be listening because they'll tell me that the earth is flat. (laughs) I know he's not the one who came up with that one, but he's truly, I just want nothing to do with him. Oh, no. No, no, he's he, nobody likes playing with him. But but you're right, Mike. I mean, look, he was three time defensive player of the year. He led the league in rebounds like four or five times. I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So uh, you know what? Let's let's talk about baseball for a minute, if we could. Please, I'm, a, I, please. I'm gonna I'm just gonna come 
No, I'm saying please because I have very strong opinions uh, about this. All right. So uh, for Mike and I, this podcast is essentially, we really only built it so we could uh, lament how much we hate the Yankees. And, and the Yankees have already advanced, as we knew they would, and they're going to win the World Series because this is 2020 and that's what happens. But I will start with this, and we'll start with you, Jeff. Are you enjoying this baseball playoffs? No. I, I knew that was going to be the answer, so go ahead. Fill not at all. Yeah. Not at all, not at all, not at all. Because you know what? It's, it's, it's look, it just puts more – there's always been a thing – of where we do it for the fans, the fans, the fans, the fans. But I've always found that to be really ingenuine. I find that if they could get all the money from the turnstiles, from the fans coming in, uh, they would be happy to not play games with uh, fans. Because I think the fans are the least, the fans are almost, if I could even throw it this way, a problem for them that they have to work around they have to satisfy us to some level because you know otherwise it doesn't work for them and i am just it all started when i watched the korean baseball at four in the morning because i love baseball so much I, i watched it uh i even guessed it on it once and i just slammed the whole thing why are there cutouts cutouts <laughs> is there a point where a third baseman's looking to his right and going big crowd today is there yeah, i mean what what are they thinking what are they thinking by the way i want to say this about the nfl for a second there are times where they're focusing on the field and i can't tell there's not a right. crowd there that's you know that- that is, Jeff, first of all, let's just talk that for a second because Mike and I have talked about this a little bit on text. Um, that's 100% right. I mean, I don't, I think it's because the NFL in general doesn't really, the only thing that comes up in NFL games for fans is the, is the fact they make a lot of noise and can sometimes stop. The only you know, time they're really involved where we see them and it's a thing is the field, is a field goal. And field goal or extra points. That's right. Yes, that's, that's it. Right. Mike, when you're watching NFL games, do you even feel it most of the time? I mean, uh, you mean it, it, when there's no the fans? The fact that there's no fans the, or only a few fans? Not not really. I mean, I think you feel it. You know, they're allowed to pipe in crowd noise up to like 75 decibels, which is not at all very loud. <laughs> right. And it, so I feel it when I'm watching a game and like, you know, somebody breaks like a 15 yard right, run right. and someone in a booth somewhere turns a dial and the crowd gets a little <laughs> bit louder and roars a little bit more. And it's just so phony sounding. And then the other time you feel it is when the, when the road team quote road team end quote is driving and you can actually hear the right. quarterback barking out the calls. <laughs> then you're like, well, this is ridiculous. Like they're, they're playing in new Orleans and like, there's an, you've never heard the opposing quarterback's voice during a drive in new Orleans. And so I you you the sports fan in you recognizes the difference almost certainly, but like but but, but it's not you like don't baseball. but it's who not cares like it's not like baseball no. yeah the baseball is and and the cutouts the weird thing about the cutouts is that I think that they they do it because it's just so sad to see a bunch of empty seats you know like that's clearly the only reason it's just sad. But then, but the stadiums are too big. And so at some point somebody fouls a ball off and you're going to see those empty stands over there, but down the third baseline or whatever. So yeah. the only fun part about the cutout to me is when someone rips a ball, either a home run or like a wicked foul 
and you end up kind of rooting for the ball to <laughs> smash through the head of one of the cardboard cutouts just because it would look done funny. That, but that's brilliant. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if I was a player, I just wanted to destroy the cutouts. So like destroy I, the cutouts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's almost sadder. I mean, the cutouts are just so silly, but it's almost sadder when you see like the stadium, like from above or however they do it, and you see where the cutoffs end and where like the real seats begin. And, and it's like, not only is this cutout thing stupid, it's like, it's, it's clearly just a background for home plate. For when they're pitching it's like that's the yeah. only angle that uh, it makes any sense for it just yeah it just and then you see a player like for me personally Javi Baez who has not had the best season and it's because of two two reasons one is I found out because they've talked about it he likes looking at the video and he's not allowed to do it though during this right. period right but the dude is the most energized player right. maybe in baseball. He's and he needs field. that. He yep. needs those fuckers at Wrigley cheering him or, or in Milwaukee booing him. He needs that. Not wants it, needs it. So yeah. to me, this is a write-off this year, even if yeah. the Cubs win the World Series. Well, I By think the way, I didn't, even, I didn't even watch yesterday. Wow, you just not even watching a Cubs game. That's uh... by the way, I'm not planning on watching any of the playoffs. I think that Major League Baseball has screwed up this season more than anything. They could have had a month jump on all other sports, and they fucked it up. They fucked up every. They fuck up. It is the worst run sport of all the sports. I think easily, right? I don't think there's this close second. There's no close second because people go, "Oh, hockey." No, 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 hockey just has that level of popularity and that's just the reality but the people who love hockey are thrilled every yeah, day of their life right uh, <laughs> they really are aren't yeah they? they're but just us, so happy that there's baseball hockey. Yeah. guys we're miserable every day of our life for numerous reasons having nothing to do with baseball but also um the way they handle it the teams and then all right well i just I have a yeah. Joe. I mean, Joe knows this. I have a very close friend that was just fired by the Cubs. Yeah, Mike's no, friends for, too. What's that? Mike is good friends. I know him Mike's too. Yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 D- did I send you the letter? No, I heard you were writing can, it. But can I, I sign your name? Please. Son, I'm adding your name today. Well, anyhow, it's a very emotional thing for me because forget that he's my friend okay because i'm going to give you a scenario so the cubs fired him same day come to hr or talk to hr and this is a guy who was should have been a cubs lifer not could have not could have been too he was he did so many things for i mean it's unbelievable now throw that aside Let's say same friend, same kind of good work. I'd still be pissed, but you give somebody, you say, hey, man, this is tough right now. In the next two or three months, you might be laid off. Not saying for sure, but you might want to look in a different direction. Well, then two, three months later, they tell you, it's like, how can you argue? Yeah, there yeah. was so much of it was the way that they did it. I mean, it was, so much. But by the way, it. yes, I'm pi- I'm pissed on a lot of levels that they fired him for no good reason. But but the way they did it, and so 
you know, your favorite team, even though it's owned by a family, it's, it's, it's that corporate mindset. And then you go, all right, well, I'm having trouble rooting for them right now, even though right. I love the players. I'm having a difficult time with this right now. Part of me wants to just call Reinsdorf and go, I'm coming to the Sox. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to just say it here. Jeff Garland is a free agent, so so okay. he, he, is, he is out there to be had. But Mike and I talk about this all the time. What is it that your team can do or would do that would make you, like, leave, make you abandon them? I mean, Mike had to go through this earlier this year when, well, by the, when, way, when the Red Sox I... got rid of Mookie. But the by, Red Sox, oh, by the way, Red Sox getting rid of Mookie. Let's jump there for a minute or permanently. <laughs> that is an announcement. That is an announcement that what's the guy's name? Henry? John Henry. Yeah. yeah. John Henry saying he might as well put out a press release. You know, I miss my time with the Marlins. I want to bring back some of those memories. What yeah, let's I get do? back to those good old days when, when any time a player was good, we had to unload. Yeah, any time we win a World Series, I tickets. get rid of everyone. All I'm saying is that is – see, now, this one's a personal, private one that only certain people know about. But that is really – and I don't often say this, but that is a huge insult to your fans. Oh, 100%. Huge. Of course it is. I mean that the 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 problem with the problems with baseball are many. It's it's so many. Um, it's there like it from and there's there's league wide problems that come from like the commissioner's office and the way the league is run. But then there's this other problem, which is these teams are. It, it's a very it's a very disparate league. There's there you know football is designed in the way it's it with its salary cap and with the draft and everything else. It's the the dream of football is that every team goes eight and eight every year, right? It's like they, they want every team's fan base to be energized and to be to feel like in the going into the last week of the playoff or the regular shot. season that they have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Baseball doesn't work that way. Like no. the, and they've done things in the last 15, 20 years to sort of edge in that direction. And then this year with sixteen playoff teams and three game, you know, <laughs> wild card basically little mini series like they're, they've sort of accidentally done that. But these individual teams are just these incredible local market money makers, And they, the incentive system is so screwed up that they don't really have an incentive to compete, really. Like they, the only incentive is just their competition monsters. And they, they, you know, these owners, these sort of billionaire, like Roman uh, emperor types are generally speaking, like they want to win. But there's not the there's this like it is a it is a business more in like on an individual franchise basis it's more of a sort of mini business than it is in in the other sports and as a result you get these guys who are like well I get a guaranteed amount of money from TV I get a guaranteed amount of money from the league so like I'm why, why should I risk my own money and when we were talking about the Mookie thing we were I was saying like. Look, if you look at the amount of money that John Henry has, and you can do this with any team, really, but if you look at the amount of money that the individual owners have, the idea of like paying an extra 20, 30 million, 40 million, whatever it is in luxury tax, it's a, it's a, you know, it's the change you find in your couch if you're those guys. And so just, it's a really hard pill to swallow every time something like this happens where they're like, look, we just don't want to pay the luxury tax. It's like, well, if you like, if a, if a person with your level of wealth takes on the responsibility of owning a team and making a fan base happy, 
then that comes with the territory in my mind. You just have to suck it up sometimes. When you have Mookie bets, you got to pay them, even if you have to pay the luxury tax. Although they're both Hall of Famers, um, I I didn't experience this the same way you have. What I mean by that is I remember sitting the last time I sat in the bleachers at Wrigley I'm with a friend of mine and I turned to him and I go, would you, how would you feel if, if Maddox and, and, and Dawson weren't here? Little did I know the next season, they both were gone. Yeah. Now Andre was <laughs> at the end of his career. Uh, Maddox had just won just the Cy Young. Right. Um, so there is a, a, but you know, pitcher pitches every five days. So you can't compare uh, Maddox to, Mookie Betts, when you're talking about, you know, an everyday player who is one of the top two or three players in baseball, yeah, that takes it to a whole other level. But I stayed with the Cubs after they forget the Dawson part, but oh, I loved, I loved Andre, uh, but I stayed with them frustratingly so, uh, and I'm not mad I did uh, after um, after they got rid of Maddox. So I almost feel like the player thing is just part of the game and the, and the Red Sox just did it in a way that was gigantor. Like that, the only thing you can equate with that is the Angels getting rid of Mike Trout. Right. I would yeah. argue that it's a little different than, than the Maddox thing. Not, not to say the Maddox thing isn't crazy. No, 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 no. It is yeah. different because Maddox is a pitcher. Well, not just because of that. I mean, Maddox was really just getting going. He'd won his first Cy Young, but he was just getting going. He was a free agent. He was, he was you know, there was going to be big money involved. They didn't, they, you know, they, 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 you know, they did make an offer and all that. With the Red Sox, I mean, Mookie Betts had already been one of the best players in baseball for a long time. He right. he was a guy that people in in Boston really grew up with. The kids, you know, that was their favorite player. And the Cubs, you know, frankly, at that situation were were a losing franchise, right? They hadn't won in forever. You know, it was the famous lose Cubs. While the Red Sox won the World Series, what, three times in, in, in the you're, previous you're, 10 you're years. Exa- you know? You're exactly right on everything that you're saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not quite right. That's why I was so screaming about Mookie Betts. Oh, yeah. And I like the Red Sox, too. I hate the Yankees. Um, <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. But Mike, I don't hate the Yankees, by the way, as much as I did when Alex Rodriguez and Jeter were there. I'm not a Jeter fan. <laughs> Well, for Mike, so so we, we know Jeff can't t- tolerate the playoffs now. This has been a weird baseball year for, for, for us in general. Well, by but- the way, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the other thing is the idea that we're going into the playoffs with such few games I know. is so nauseating. Yeah. I don't like it because the rhythms, the up, that's the beauty of baseball. Everybody goes in a slump. Right. The Dodgers would have gone through a bad slump. You know, everyone does. This that the 162 games or 154 even which I would prefer but fuck me. Um <laughs> is more than enough to get the whole vibe. See there's a naturalness to baseball that other sports don't have. Right. And instead and and baseball fights it as opposed to embracing it. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. really it's very frustrating. It uh, is frustrating. No, no, but that was literally what I was going to follow up. So, Mike, I mean, this has been such a weird year anyway. I don't – the Red Sox were so bad and Mookie was gone. 
I mean, how fired up are you about the playoffs now? How fired are you up? I mean, we know the season is is goofy anyway, but like, are you are you trying to get into it? I'm trying. I watched I watched a decent amount of baseball yesterday, um, and and I'll watch some more today. I have this problem though. Well, I have two problems. Number one is the Yankees are doing what we all knew that they would do, which is just suddenly turn it on. Right. I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday when the when the Indians tied the game eight eight in the eighth inning, I put out a Twitter poll and said, "What it's eight to eight, uh, Yankees Indians in the eighth inning. What are the chances the Indians win this game?" And the options were above fifty percent, fifty percent, about twenty percent, or zero point zero 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 eight four percent. And that won handily. That won like fifty percent of the vote. I would have voted and- for that too. Yeah. yeah. And when the Indians went ahead nine, eight, I, I just, I was like, yep, this is exactly the way it happens. <laughs> and then, and then the, when the Yankees came back, I tweeted uh, as a wrap up. I, it's hard to explain this for people who hate the Yankees, but the Indian scoring in the bottom of the eighth actually somehow made it more likely oh, that yeah. the Yankees would Absolutely. win. Like, I don't know why, but I was, <laughs> as soon as they scored, I was like, well, now the Yankees are definitely winning. So that, so that, the specter of the Yankees looms very large for me. That's the first thing. The other thing is that there's a version of this that's interesting because they expanded the playoffs to 16 teams because of these three game series. There is a version of this that's interesting. And the version of it that's interesting is almost already dead (laughs) because the version of it that's interesting is all of the teams that you don't ever see in the playoffs advance like the Padres and the Marlins the Marlins actually won their game so they have a chance but like that you want to what you want is Padres Rays uh, who did advance um you don't want the Cardinals you don't want the Braves you don't want the you frankly don't want the Cubs at this point you don't want the Yankees you don't want any of those teams to be in it. What you Astros. want is that you definitely you don't want, want the a Astros. Padres and, Twins World Series. Right. That's exactly right. right. That's what you want. And 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 as a result, the um the the three game series have almost uh, largely have gone the wrong way. Yep. Yep. And so now you're going to be left with this crummy season, this third of a season, uh, this weird stub of a season <laughs> that ends up with the same. By the Damn way, teams by the way, in the in the ALCS and NLCS. Shouldn't this season for the World Series be a best of three? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Make it one game. Make it. Yeah, take- I know it's it's just so. You know, see, that's what makes baseball special. You know, and different. It's what makes it my sport. There's there's things about it that don't apply to any other sport. Right. None, including the, the way the game is played, the nine innings. There's no other. It's so, it's such an original thing. And they do everything they can to eliminate the originality. Yeah. It makes me nuts. Today's episode is sponsored by the NBA and their quest to advance the game of basketball, grow the community, and impact culture. The league celebrates its teams, players, and fans across the past, present, and future as part of the 75th anniversary season. That's Game highlights pivotal moments on court and beyond. From iconic plays in arenas to the impact players have in communities, that's the NBA, that's Game. It's like Game 5 of the NBA Finals where I was lucky enough to be there. Bucks Suns in Milwaukee. I'm sitting kitty corner from Giannis Antetokounmpo as he rises up for that incredible alley-oop. Drew Holiday having stolen the ball from Devin Booker on the other side, found Giannis in transition. Incredible stuff. That's the NBA. That's game. This is more than just basketball. It's what connects us all and keeps us coming back for more. That's the NBA. That's game. 
Today's episode is sponsored by the NBA and their quest to advance the game of basketball, grow the community, and impact culture. The league celebrates its teams, players, and fans across the past, present, and future as part of its 75th anniversary season. That's game highlights pivotal moments on court and beyond, from iconic plays and arenas to the impact players have in the community. That's the NBA. That's game. Like in the NBA Finals when the Bucks had their backs against the wall. Drew Holiday steals the ball, pushes the break, alley hoop to Giannis for an iconic slam, seals game five, and the eventual title. That's the NBA. That's game. This is more than just basketball. It's what connects us all and keeps us coming back for more. That's the NBA. That's game. I'll tell you another thing that that this offseason has brought that nobody sort of could have predicted, um, but but is an absolute fact and and a part of what has sort of made me a little bit depressed about everything is because they have 16 teams in the playoffs and because there are these three games uh, series and because they're playing every, you know, every day they're having six, seven, eight games a day. We are just overwhelmed by oh my Alex God. Rodriguez on the, on television. It's, <laughs> it's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Okay. And, so and it's, you, it's the worst. Joe, it, I, I, in, in reference <laughs> to what you just said. <laughs> so, literally, I didn't know I didn't know that the Cubs were on at this particular time and I just went, let me see what baseball games on. And I happened to turn on ESPN. And the second I heard his voice, I turned it off. <laughs> That's what you there was no do. there was no delay. I I am so I'm so happy. Well, I have mixed feelings on him getting the Mets because if he would have gotten the Mets, we wouldn't have had to hear him as a broadcaster. <laughs> and then, yeah. and also, if you're a Met fan, I, you know I, I actually don't hate the Mets like I do the Yankees, but still, that's your problem. You know, he becomes <laughs> the Mets problem. Whereas now, I'm it's America's I, problem, and I just don't get why. You, see, here's the thing. He has to have in ESPN, there's someone who's a decision maker who has enough of an influence to put that guy and keep that guy on the air because he's a terrible broadcaster. He's a fucking cheater. He's a piece of shit. I don't like him. Mike? Well said. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, I, I don't. There was a moment when he first started broadcasting where there was a sort of weird... Um, consensus that was like hey eh, he's not, <laughs> not bad. as bad as i thought he'd be right he, he yeah, likes baseball and, and, he knows baseball yeah and there was a, there was a sort of uh tony romo thing where he was he was sort of talking about the game as a guy who had literally just left the game and he was talking about like pitching theory where he would go like you got to go slider away here or whatever right. and and then and sometimes he was right and it was kind of like okay like he's had this you know look americans love tearing people down and then when they when they screw up and then they doubly love the redemption right. story. They love the like the comeback. And so this was his like redemption story where he had he had cheated and he had lied and he had screwed everything up and nobody <laughs> liked him and he disappeared for a while, even though the Yankees were still paying him twenty five million a year or whatever. And then suddenly he popped up in the booth and like wasn't terrible and was was had his had his charms, had his charisma, and everyone was kind of rooting for him. And now it's all gone. Now it's just like, why is this guy talking? Why is well, he doing way, two games a day? You brought, uh, it's it's endless. You brought up a, a great, really fascinating comparison. The only way that uh, Tony Romo 
plays on played on the football's version of the Yankees, the Cowboys. Right. Um, he was not necessarily Baron Von popular, but he was not a cheater. Right. And he's, <laughs> you know, but the point is, here's the difference. Tony Romo is fucking excellent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and by the way, almost was excellent from the first time he ever broadcast. It's like, where yeah. did that fucking come from? <laughs> he's a better broadcast. He was a good quarterback and he's a way better broadcaster. What the fuck? And then you go, <laughs> then you see... Alex Rodriguez, and by the way, you're not bad. We'll see what happens. Well, there's been no growth, obviously, wow. as a man, but no growth as a broadcaster either. Yeah, no, he was. He's, that's right. He was better He's at the start. Better. You know, but I think there is a there's there's a theory that I've been building for a long time about broadcasters in general. I I think that the hardest thing as a broadcast, a color commentator, not as a play-by-play guy, those right, guys are separate. Right, right. As a color commentator the hardest thing is not coming on and being like good from the start. It's being good. Like in season three and season four and season five, like, like when Phil Sims first started, I don't remember people thinking he was bad. I remember people thinking like, Oh, Phil Sims, you know, this, he, he, the guy knows his football. He's this, he's this, he, you know, whatever. He does his little chalk talk thing. It's whatever it's called. What did he call his chalk talk thing? Mike remember philosophy. Oh, uh, philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> he would do his philosophy and it was, you know, but then by season three, you're like, this is unbearable. It's absolutely unbearable trying to listen to him. And I think in general announcers, like the longer they go on and it doesn't take that long. It's not like 10 years in three years in four years in, they're not, it's like, they've run out of stuff to say. And it's like, God, I've heard this 500 times already. And, and I, you know, I don't think A-Rod was, was that great when he started, but man, he hit that button. Like, like year two, it was already like, oh, he's done. He's completely he's done. No, I agree. Yeah. By the way, I know I met one person and I can't remember who it is who likes his broadcasting. Uh, I'm talking about in the hundreds, by the way, because I talk about it all the time. I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed with Alex Rodriguez's <laughs> horribleness. Um, to me, by the way, here's how much of a uh, uh, I'm obsessed. He is the number one stain on baseball. <laughs> hey, Rod. As one man, he represents the worst of baseball that we have. If we we're going to fix baseball, it has to start with A Rod. There we go. Interesting. There we go. That's a bold claim, but I don't, you might be right. I don't know. I don't know that I could point to one person who's more, who has had, who has had more sort of like bad press and scandal around him. That isn't, I mean, there are certainly people like Araldus Chapman right, right, right. and, and people, people actually committed crimes right, and stuff right. uh, outside of the world, but it, within the world of baseball, I'm not sure there's anyone who's, who's more noxious than, uh, <laughs> and by than the way, I got to think that the players hate him. Oh sure. Oh sure. yeah, I would imagine that's true. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, there's no question. <laughs> like when he's walking around the batting cage, that they just must chuckle to themselves, it's, it's... and or even say the word douche. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I want to add another level for me with Alex Rodriguez. I went to the University of Miami. Now I didn't graduate; I became a comedian. But the stadium is named after named after him the baseball stadium right. he never played right. there and i just found out the other day he's on the uh the uh the, the board or whatever you call it for a college he's on the board of the university of miami 
Well, didn't he build that stadium though? Didn't he give them? Yeah, the money I think to he build gave it? them like I no, no, think he gave, he gave them like no, he, thirty he built million the bucks. Stadium. He gave them money for improvements. Yep. Yep, wow. yep, yep, yep. There yeah. you go. He bought it. He bought himself a name. All right. So here's what I did. All right. So the athletic uh, asked us all to uh, to to predict who was going to win each playoff series, uh, mm-hmm. which is incredibly dumb. But but they they love that stuff. Uh, just they just want. By the way, can I just say something? Whether they love it or not, I so enjoy the athletic. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> a dollar they, a month. Look whatever at Whatever they do, they're not the shit von shittery. They're fucking beautiful. Oh, the see, there you go. The athletic. Now, now this, now this podcast will run because I because I was worried about that before. No, no. Um, the athletic <laughs> is the athletic is one of those dream. It's like the national. But the national failed from the yeah, get-go, yeah. and this is grooving, and I love it. Do you yeah. know how many people I've bought gifts for of 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 the athletic? Boom! It's, it's one of the things in life that's actually working. All right, go yeah. ahead. Go. No, Sorry. I love it. I love it. So, so they asked us to predict it. So, what I did was I predicted exactly the opposite of what I wanted to happen in each series, uh, because this is 2020, and that's the way it works. Uh, and so far, I am literally perfect. I mean, literally every series, really? ex- except uh, except Miami uh, is winning. Yeah. And I I want I thought that I wanted Miami to win, and so I picked uh, I picked uh, who, who's Miami even playing? They're playing uh, Cubs. Cubs, right? So I picked the Cubs uh, because I wanted Miami to win. But then I started thinking about it. That was my one mistake. It would I would actually be perfect if. Um, if I picked the Cubs, which I should have done, because uh, if I picked Miami, which I should have done, because Derek Jeter, I, I just I did not right. like like yeah oh Miami they're scrappy little bunch but but no they're Derek Jeter so so uh, that was my uh, one yeah and by the way talk about a guy who fired people right and left Oof. yeah we in the in the thing for, oh ugh, yeah. Ugh, yeah but yeah if I if I said right now to the two of you. Name eight Marlins. <laughs> could you do it? I could not. I oh my God. Fantasy, you can go. Hold on. <laughs> I do fantasy baseball every year, and I could not do it. <laughs> could not do it. My question is, like, it, it would be like the old name that tune. Like, how like how low would you have to go for you to not be right? Like, or if I gave you if I gave you last names, <laughs> could you give me first names? Oh, like, if I way, literally give you half too. of yep, the name. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. Like uh, so, hold on a second. I'm gonna call up the active roster oh, for, the, for the Miami Marlins. This is gonna be good. All right, here we go. Um, Kinsler, Ian. Nope. That's <laughs> no, that's no, that's the Kinsler you've heard of. That's the... no, I just this is K I N T Z L E R. I just went to. I just went to what hit my mind. That's all. Right. Um, I, how I about, know that uh, actually because that's Brandon Kinsler because he's our closer. Right. Isn't he their closer? That's right. How about how about Lopez? <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Rodriguez. Pablo. How about Pablo Sanchez? Lopez is their number one starter. <laughs> <laughs> how about Sanchez? I know Dirty? that one. <laughs> I know that one only because uh, I believe he's the second Sisto after Sisto Lescano in the in, That's in, right. in Major League Baseball. I think. So Joe's doing pretty well here. How about Chisholm? <laughs> Ian. <laughs> just, 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 just keep guessing Ian. Ian. There will be oh, an no. Ian on the team somewhere. I, I don't know Chisholm. That's Jazz Chisholm. Oh, Jazz, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, how about Harrison? Natalie. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? No, 
It's Monty. Monty Harrison. Uh, sure. How about uh, what? We'll do one more. How about Hoyt? Lamar. Wilhelm. <laughs> <laughs> it's James Hoyt. James Hoyt. It is really. It is shocking how anonymous. Now, this, how many uh, of those would you have been is. able to name if if we had done that? I knew I knew Sisto because uh, I listened to the Dan Lebatard show and he talks about uh, that they're all Marlins fans down there. So I've heard that name. I actually knew James. I Hoyt wouldn't have gotten. James Hoyt was on Cleveland at one point. I wouldn't have gotten Lopez. I would have. I would have gotten. Uh, would uh, Chisholm? I knew and. Um, you wouldn't have gotten Pablo I, Lopez. I don't think so. No, that's interesting because he's like, yeah. uh, he's he's one of the. I mean, I would have gotten Brad Boxberger. I didn't know Brad Boxberger was on the Let's team. Must be on a show uh, with like a woman, a detective. It's club. a Bruce. <laughs> it's a Bruce Boxleitner, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Lewis Brinson, Corey Dickerson. I knew Star uh, Starling Marte, who apparently I was hurt. I knew you knew Miguel Rojas. I, 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 I knew Miguel Rojas. There's probably five or six guys I could have named on the team, and that's about it on their 40-man roster. But, but, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, look, they went 31-29 and 29 and get into the playoffs. Um, over 162-game season, that's a 90-loss team that nobody ever cares about, thinks about, or, or ever considers, even for one minute, right? I mean... You know what's truly crazy? As long as we're talking about baseball generally, the Dodgers ended the year on a pace to win 116 yeah. games. Now, I know that Jeff's point is is a good one, which is no, like no, everybody by goes the way, slumps. They would have gone through they, slumps, they but like... They would have won a good 112. I think one of yeah they would have they would have been they certainly would have challenged the Red Sox 108 from a couple years way, ago and I Dodgers I think they could have even the challenged thing Seattle in baseball where you go all right I I, I I that one they don't need to prove anything everybody else needs to prove something yeah 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 well the Dodgers need to prove they, that they, they, prove that they, they can, can win the get World out Series. of the first round right, exactly. of the playoffs. That's, that's that's ironic that that's the thing that they have to prove so here's a good question for both of you since you both live in LA. If the Dodgers win the World Series this year, which I mean, they're still heavily, heavily, heavily favored to do. They're the best team. If they win the World Series, does that truly end the Dodgers can't win in the playoffs curse thing? Or does, or does nobody care? I think without a doubt. You you think it does? Mike? Yeah. I think that um, the only comparison, it really is the year the Braves finally won in 95 when it was a strike-shortened season, okay. and that was way more way games. More that was 100-something games. Yeah. games or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and John Smoltz care. I think they have a ring, and I think that they think to themselves, we were among the very best teams in baseball for a decade, and this sort of proves it. And now this will be different, but like, will Clayton Kershaw – really care if Clayton if they make it to the World Series and Clayton Kershaw throws game three and he throws seven shutout innings and they finally win the World Series is he gonna care that it was a short season no No. and and I think and I think what you would say in that in that moment is this has been a this this last five six seven years of this team they've been so good they've drafted so well they've developed so many great players they got Mookie Betts they were on 116 uh, win pace for the shortened season if they win the World Series, they'll think like, yeah, look, we were the best team. We won the World Series. We have a ring. End of story. And I think that, you know, if they won the next year or two, that may, might feel a little better because well, it gotta, would be I, theoretically I, a full I, season. I, I, but I don't think they'll care. I actually agree. They will not care. But I also want to say uh, I would strap yourself in for numerous. I think that it's going to be really hard every year for the next two or three years to beat that team. Oh, agreed. 
Totally. Yeah. They're, they're, but here's they're, what I'm monsters. Uh, I, I mean, I have so much respect uh-huh. for that team and I'm so happy that they didn't fire Dave Roberts after the last thing. Cause right. I'm a big Dave Roberts fan and, and he's a leader of men and he knows his shit and yeah, everyone think, you know, whatever. But I think it's actually, you know what, if the Dodgers, uh, go to the world series i'll watch okay there you go it's yeah the, oh i will yeah. too i i'm i'm actively rooting for them i'm actively rooting i am for too Mookie Betts too. i am Clayton too Kershaw and right. all those guys but yeah it, but no here's question. what i would say i mean and this is different from the braves thing i think if the dodgers won the world series this year look they're going to be favored for the next five years let's say you know but if the dodgers won the world series this year and then the next three four five years they you know won some division titles but lost in the playoffs and then you looked at this 10-year span where that was the only World Series that they won, I do think that would be a little bit empty. I, I do well, think that would be a little bit well, – it's not the like way, that. The break I, season was close enough to right. be the full season. You know? you're, you're right, if that's the only one. If that's but the only it one. it also shows you how com- – unlike, again, other sports, in baseball, to be a constant repeater is so fucking so hard. hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is why we're so passionate about this fucking sport yeah. because it's so different than any other sport. And, 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 and that fucking commissioner with his whole tin trophy, whatever the fuck he said, <laughs> it's like, dude, if you don't respect it, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I, get, we, I get excited. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. We have set, we have set numerous records on this podcast because of you, Jeff. So that's good. <laughs> Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login (laughs) for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Yes, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. This episode is brought to you by BetMGM. Sign up today with BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic, and get a $1,000 risk-free first bet. Plus, get a free three-month subscription to The Athletic. Just sign up at BetMGM.com slash TheAthleticPod, that's P-O-D, to take advantage of this special offer from the kings of sportsbooks. That's BetMGM.com slash TheAthleticPod, P-O-D. New customer offer, paid in bonus dollars. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Cue the disclaimer. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. 
Um, all right. You know what? Let's move on. We're going to have our draft. Jeff is going to join. So, so here's what we do, uh, Jeff. Every We have been doing this podcast for uh, how long, Mike? Uh, 71 years. 71 now. years. 71 now. years and, and uh, going strong. 71 years and, and still doing this. So this is like our 600th draft, um, which I'm leading with the overall draft thing, 302 to 298. Uh, so I, I'm <laughs> pretty sure. So uh, anyway, we do these meaningless drafts and they are completely meaningless. And we're happy to have you on board. And the key to our drafts are that we just come up with them the night before and never tell each other what the actual point of the draft is like what's the actual like not even the point because there's no point the parameters. the parameters we don't discuss parameters we don't discuss what the topic means right. or what is included or what isn't included and so what ends up happening is everyone just does their own thing <laughs> and then we argue about whether or not what they did was legitimate okay good. Which, like which, it, which it almost never is so we are drafting office supplies mike and i are not entirely sure that we haven't already done this uh, i think we have <laughs> It feels very it familiar. It feels familiar, so we probably have, but you know. We're but not, I haven't had an opportunity. To that's right. You have well. you have not joined that's in, right. and so uh, we always offer our guests the right to have the first pick in the draft. Would you like the first pick in the draft? Uh, yes. All right. A, a pen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first pick in the draft. Your first pick is a pen. Would you like to defend your pick? Would you like to? Uh, Do I need to? Well, Do I need to? No. I'm sure I hope pencil goes in the top five, but I got to tell you, I don't need to explain. Kind of don't. I mean, it, it is the Hank Aaron of office supply. It is. It's, it's like, it's an undeniable pick. It's there every year. It's good for you every year. Yeah. All right. I like a pen. I like a good pen. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you have the second pick. It's going to be tough after a pen. I'm going to pick, uh, with my pick, I'm going to pick scissors. Um, scissors are the thing that when you need them, you really need them. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't like, you, there's no other thing that can do the job of scissors. And so when you have them, it is incredibly satisfying. And the, the sound of scissors cutting something is great. Yep. I've, my wife uh, and I are constantly looking for scissors. We have two kids and their scissors are constantly disappearing. And for Christmas, like three years ago, uh, for uh, for her stocking, I I bought. Uh, this is not an exaggeration. I bought thirty pairs of scissors. <laughs> I bought three ten packs of scissors and put them all in her stocking. It was the only thing in her stocking, and she was so happy. It's like one of the well, greatest the way, Christmas gifts I've a, ever given. Not only is that great, but the fact that you gave so many made it funny. So you gave her a great <laughs> gift and made it funny. That's right. And it was, and it went over huge. So uh, I find, I find scissors to be the most pleasing and useful of all of the office supplies. Okay, am I allowed to make a comment? You've not only Please. allowed, we encourage you. Okay. So basically your description of a scissors is essentially a field goal kicker. Ooh, <laughs> he's, he's saying you took a field goal kicker with the first pack. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Why he wouldn't take paper or even a fucking computer, I don't understand. <laughs> I took a pen over a MacBook Pro. So <laughs> you took scissors over a MacBook Pro. I don't know, my man. Go ahead. I'm, co I'm confident in my pick. <laughs> okay. All right, well, good, because uh, with my pick, I'm going to go for, I guess, a punter, because I'm not going with a MacBook Pro or paper. Uh, I am going to take uh, the stapler with my, with my pick. 
I, for many of the same reasons, I think Stapler is one of those things that, first of all, no, nobody else can fill its job. No, nobody else can do what the Stapler does. When you're sitting there with a bunch of loose papers and you, you need something, it's an ingenious product. It's an ingenious thing to have that little metal you know, thing that you just, you press down on it and it, and it engulfs and, and, and embraces your, your, your papers. That's genius. It's one of those things that you never, you know, you need it around, you rarely use it, but when you need it, it's like the perfect thing. My first pick, I'm going with a stapler. All right, you picked so, Ray Guy. You picked Ray Guy. I think Ray the Guy, the best no, punter of all I time. actually think you picked a long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> Not a long snapper. Definitely an outstanding punter now that will be good for pick. me for 20 years. It's my pick again. It and is. now I'm going to fuck the both of you hard. I'm going to take the pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you both now have nothing to write with. Nothing to write with. Yeah, we have, we have no <laughs> writing utensils. But you've got well, a fucking really scissors <laughs> and a stapler. By the way, I can understand scissors, stapler. Bad call. Keep going. No, no. Staplers yeah. are excellent. Staplers long are Long snapper, long snapper, long snapper. Well, you're going for just practicality, yeah. but like, no, nobody no, no, said no, this no, draft no, had to no, be no, about no, what's no. practical. I'm, I'm, going going for what what's, the, I'm going for what's essential. No, you're, that's what I'm saying. You're just building, yeah. you're building an office. We're choosing the best office supplies. We're choosing Wrong. the ones that are the most awesome. Well, you, and you, you, pen is pen is so not awesome. You didn't even have to describe what kind of pen it is. It's just a pen. Well, like, by the way, how do you know that it wasn't a beautiful, expensive, two hundred dollar pen? I know it because you didn't say it. That's how I know your pen doesn't even work. Pens don't always work. Wait a minute! I did not just draft a pen that doesn't work. For my for my second pick, I'm going to pick a beautiful, expensive two hundred dollar pen. <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take scotch tape. Um, specifically, the kind of scotch tape that comes in the desk sitting dispenser yes, that yes. has the, with the little the, scissor, you know, with the little, with the little scissory <laughs> thing at the edge. Yeah, okay. that is another. It's yet another thing that when you need tape and you look around and you find it, you're so happy. Uh, scotch tape does a remarkably good job. It's a remarkably effective little thing. Um, and especially with kids, kids uh, need enormous amounts of scotch tape. <laughs> like all the time. They need tape all the time for everything. Uh, and so I also have like a very large amount of scotch tape rolls uh, in my office desk. And, uh, and I find the, the, the picking it up off of the little scissor cuttery thing, pulling it to the right length and then slicing it off yep. with the, scissory cutter thing to be incredibly satisfying so, so that's my that's my number two the person who came up with the little teeth at the end to cut the scotch tape to pull it down is that guy a billionaire i assume he's a billionaire <laughs> and he deserves to be or she <laughs> or it could she. be a lady yeah the, whoever invented it is a is a true genius and uh and it, you know what it's you know what it reminds me of too is it's the same concept as the as the aluminum foil the aluminum foil scissory cutting yes. thing is also very, very effective and satisfying. But the thing that's about the aluminum foil scissors thing, the little edge, that thing's way sharper. Like you could, you it is. You, you could cut, you could your cut your yourself on, on that. that. You're not yeah. cutting your finger on a good Scotch tape scissors. No, no. You know, but they're both. They both really, really do the job. They do though. the job. They do the job well. Jeff, well, no, your pick's next. No, I mean, do you have thoughts? You have no thoughts on the, on the scotch tape thought, scissors? I'm going to save my thought for my pick. So you go to yours. 
All right, with my uh, second pick, I am going to choose uh, highlighter pens, which are just oh, delightful. Just, just delightful. Okay. Is that, it? <laughs> is that your description? No, no, I'm going to tell you they're delightful. They're delightful in so many ways. First of all, they're an ingenious product. Okay, I mean, sadly, because we have, we're working so much less with paper and actual words on paper, you don't get to use them as much. But man, I love a good highlighter. I love this idea. First of all, I love the way it looks and it works. And I love at the end, I'm like, look, I've done, I know exactly where to go on this page where all the real information is. I've highlighted this. I like multicolor highlighting. I'm into highlighters. I'm totally into highlighters. They're, that's my second pick. Mike, anything? No, go ahead. You lay into him. <laughs> no, uh, no. no here, here's what are you ready for? What I'm going for for number pick number three? Yes. I've got a pen and a pencil. Only one thing I need: paper. I have paper. <laughs> what are you highlighting? What are you taping? You have nothing to tape. You have nothing to highlight. I win. <laughs> I mean, it is a little bit undeniable that he's got pens, pencils, and paper <laughs> yeah, in the but, office supply draft. But but it's it it speaks to the fact that he's unaware of how meaningless these drafts are. That he's literally just building his office. That's what he's doing. And well, that's what you're saying. When you draft, you draft the best first, <laughs> and then the other stuff later. You hope you can fill in little things here and there. But essentially, I just look. You I drafted just, three offensive linemen. It's fine. No, you, I drafted, nobody who's going to run the ball. I drafted a quarterback. Quarterback? You have I, no quarterbacks in those three. None. Excuse me a second here. Penn would be the quarterback, my friend. <laughs> Penn is your quarterback? Really? Penn, Penn is like, Penn is the in the world of quarterbacks, of office supplies. <laughs> Penn is like, Penn is a, Penn is like Trent Dilfer or yeah, like it, Ryan Tannen. There you or go. Something. He's like, he's it's a like a league average quarterback. quarterback. He's a system yeah. quarterback. No, exactly I have right. a pen that's very much Tom Brady. Keep going. <laughs> your pen is not Tom Brady. All right. Oh, all right. Watch this. Ahead. Wait, watch this. You know, my third pick is after Jeff picks paper, a paper shredder. How about <laughs> yes! that? Yes! I'm picking the paper shredder among the most satisfying things you can do in an office is shred paper or shred like bank statements or, or credit cards, old credit cards or whatever. So delightful. I have, I have a, a paper shredder I bought for $49 from office Depot like eight years ago. It's one of my most prized possessions. <laughs> if way, my house were burning down, I think more. I would grab it. I, I would I would grab it and I would make sure that paper shredder was safe because it has served me so well. Shredding paper and then dumping the little bits of shredded paper, <laughs> knowing that you are safe from criminals and thieves is incredibly satisfying. Can I ask you a question? So write, write, write down whatever you want to with your pen and pencil on your paper okay. and then I'll shred it. Well, well, First on. cut it yeah. and then shred it. No, no, you, you have tape. You have scissors and you have a shredder and you have nothing to do with any of them. <laughs> they are just going to sit on your desk hoping that next year's draft, you pick paper <laughs> <laughs> in the first round. I'm just telling you, we have pen, pencils, and papers around. It's around. No, you it's can't. It's around. We just have it. That's everybody's got them. It's just, All right. it's like, you're, changing the, you're changing things. Don't like it. No, the, yes, of course we are. No we, we, there's there's no rules here. <laughs> you you seem to be laboring under the misapprehension that this is uh, there's, there's any logic to this. Can I say um, on my screen right now, it says custom quality logo face masks, and it has three face masks that you can order. One is FedEx, 
One is Uber Eats, and it, I don't see it disappeared. The idea that I would go out with a FedEx face mask. All right, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. do a little free advertising for FedEx. <laughs> that was a little FedEx advertising. All right, which you can use. All right, with my third pick, I'm going to choose. You know, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose a whiteboard. I want a whiteboard in my office. All right, now somebody can write down their thoughts. <laughs> whiteboards are delightful. I like the I metallic that. whiteboards that you can actually put like magnets on, so you can like those are good. Out. Those are those are excellent. Um, and whiteboards just in general, that's like... Well, come on. When you're a writer, yes, that is just delightful. And the three of us are writers, so look at that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's delightful. When I'm writing a book, I just love that whiteboard. I like just looking at it. Oh, I got to update this and move this. And the whiteboards are just very powerful and strong. So I, I'm very happy with my third pick to get a whiteboard. Okay, my third pick is one that's putting the dagger in both of you. <laughs> Although not as much, not as much you, Joe, as Mike. I'm going to take post-it notes. So now oh. there's nothing left for you guys to write. Post-it notes. I have Mike. pen, paper, pen, <laughs> pencils, paper, and post-it notes. Joe, you can, you can, uh, you, <laughs> you can take pictures of your whiteboard and send them in. But that's about all you can do. Oh. Uh, except that for my fourth pick, I'm taking a Sharpie, which is different from a pen. <laughs> oh, I like it. It allows me to write things as much as I want on whatever I want, which, by the way, pens can't do. Sharpies can write on literally any surface. You can use them to label things. You can use them to, uh, to you, can, you can write, I can write all over your, your dumb paper and your lame post-it notes and in a way that will obliterate all of the stuff that you've written on and your paper also and notes. with... <laughs> With the, with those special pens, my friend, you will be divorced in no time when your wife starts asking you why you're writing over everything in permanent marker. In no, permanent because I'll marker. be labeling my kids' lunches and I'll be writing on the tags in their clothing. I'll be writing their initials on those tags. I'll be saving our marriage because I'll be so efficient. And you know in the way why that you're going to be writing on all those things? Because you're frustrated because you don't have paper. <laughs> <laughs> So your kid gets to school and there's a script idea on their paper bag. <laughs> first of all, uh, they have paper at school. First, they have paper. What do you think? I mean, but you know, when, when you're talking about a Sharpie, do, do you like, I mean, generally speaking, the Sharpie, it seems like it is a, it's. Sharpies it's, are awesome. They're Sharp awesome. They're just a high they're quality great. pen. And by yeah, the way, they make Sharpies in, all, in, in fine point all the way up to the thick shit. Ooh. Yeah. So could, could Mike get a fine point Sharpie and then he would, then basically he'd have a pen? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there, there you go, working around that. See, I don't believe that paper... So you have a board, he's got a fine point Sharpie. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're halfway there, both of you, but you know. <laughs> well, I don't believe... Wait a second. What are you writing with your highlighter on the board? That's all you got. <laughs> no, there's, I got all sorts of dry, uh, dry. Uh, no, you know. no, those are pens. Nope. Sorry. He's, he's, those he's are so pens. you're saying that Joe, Joe has to, Joe has to select 
dry erase board markers separately from no, whiteboards? those come with the whiteboard. That's nope. everybody knows. Oh, no, those are pens. Sorry. <laughs> okay. First of all, you can't say pens and paper and then get everything that is a pen or made of paper. Like you don't get like the whole. But guess like, what? You just decided that. I'm afraid I do. I'm afraid I do. <laughs> well, your, the good your, thing is. Your rule good... change is, is not acceptable. No, the and good thing is. Gonna, what? Our drafts are actually uh, uh, coordinated and officiated by NFL Commissioner Paul, uh, uh, Roger, Roger Goodell. Goodell. Yes, whenever there's a dispute, Jeff, in any of our drafts, we make an appeal. <laughs> I fire off an email to Roger Goodell, and he rules on whatever the dispute is. Well, so we all should, I know is, just... look, I can't speak for a land of dead people, but uh, he loves curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> all right. Well, well, when you when you send him the uh, the the request, Mike, about whether or not paper gets all paper in the world uh be sure to mention that it's jeff and and that he could just i don't want him like saying hey you know because he's not a you know he'd say oh well i would have ruled differently if i'd known that it was jeff be, be sure to mention that it was jeff when you all send right. in the request all right because actually with my fourth pick i was going to take and i don't know now if i'm allowed to take this i was going to take a legal pad no so so i don't get a legal pad <laughs> no, because all paper has been taken <laughs> Yes, yes, you did not. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I just heard back from Roger Goodell. Yes. Um, he says that choosing paper does not automatically give the person who chooses it all paper, and he also thinks that season nine of Curb was a little disjointed. Wait, was that this love that passed? No, season nine was disjointed, by the way. <laughs> season nine is my least favorite season we've ever done. I love well, season So there you go. So Joe, so Joe can choose a legal pad. I'm going to no, take a legal yeah. pad. A legal pad no, is a by the way, version of By paper. the way, I'm about to leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, if I was Richard Lewis, I would have already disconnected. He you would have <laughs> just been gone. Legal no, pads cannot. are just wonderful. I always have a legal pad right by my. Uh, That's why I picked paper, loser. Keep going. <laughs> why don't you paper pick rubber? Is... Why don't you pick rubber bands next? <laughs> Ooh, that's actually a good pick. <laughs> rubber bands are excellent, but I don't need rubber bands right now because I'm taking a legal pad. So there you no, go. You're I don't not. Even... You can't take a legal pad. <laughs> no, you're the not. commissioner can tell rule. The commissioner ruled. There's nothing you can do. You have no recourse. He's a, he rules with an iron fist. <laughs> All right. All right, you have one more pick, Jeff, if you're willing to make it. Oh, is, is Jeff protesting? <laughs> is Jeff, is Jeff, Jeff has gone silent. He's, is he going to forfeit his fifth pick? Think, this is exciting. We, we, we've never had anybody forfeit a pick before. <laughs> this, is, this is very, very exciting. So He's literally gone. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Jeff is gone because uh, of the paper all right. thing. All right. Well, he forfeits his fifth pick. I guess he forfeits his fifth pick. All right. So, Mike, you've got your fifth pick. Um, I'm just to um, just to screw with him. I'm gonna pick a uh, I'm gonna pick a desk set, which includes pen, pencil, and paper. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> fancy desk sets that has stationary, like monogram stationary and a pen and pencil holder. <laughs> uh, so I obliterate all of Jeff's first three picks with my fifth. Pick. Wow. Wow. That's it. He's gone. Jeff is gone. I love it. I love his commitment. He's, he was committed. He was committed to the bit. <laughs> he, was, he, was definitely, he was definitely committed to the bit. All right. Well, uh, yeah, with my fifth pick, I mean, since, uh, 
since we got that going. Um, well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and take, uh, I don't really need, <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take a good pencil holder. That's what I'm going to take with my fifth thing. I just feel like <laughs> automatically pencils and pens will end up in it because that's just sort of how that works. So, uh, yeah, I'll just take a good pen and pencil holder. I'll steal a few pens from, uh, from hotels or something, and, uh, and I'll be set. Well, steal them from Jeff. He walked away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his, all his stuff is just sitting out there on his desk right now for the free, free for the taking. Yeah. That's, we have not had somebody abandon us in the middle of the draft, but... Uh, I love it. I love how committed he was to the idea <laughs> of, of fury at the draft. <laughs> you know, this, but Goodell does this to people. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, you that's know, the thing. He, he really enrages people. He enrages people, and, and you have... What are you going to do? You can't fight back. How do you fight back? You can't. That's the whole point. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. So, uh, another... God, you know, I, who, who wins this draft? It's going to be, this is going to be really tough. Well, not Jeff. <laughs> he blew it. <laughs> he might've had an argument that on, based on just sheer practicality that he had. Won, yeah. But. And, and really just trying to cut us out on all like products that seemed like that was, uh, that was pretty good. So yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Where do we go from here? I guess we just go right to one last meaningless thing. Let's do it. <laughs> it's one last meaningless thing. Sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no diet coke for Joe. The podcast whoa—it's one last My one mess leanings thing has something to do with bad apples. You know, people have been talking a lot about bad apples. Uh, I think we all know what they're referring to politically and social justice and all of that. We are on a terrible run as a family of getting bad apples from the store. And hmm. I don't know what it is. You know, it's, I guess it's probably not quite apple season. Maybe that's what it, I love apples. You know, I'm a huge I just love, love, love apples. And uh, I think on this, in fact, to the point that on this podcast, I have uh, referred to um, my delight with Cosmic Crisp apples, which are very, very difficult to find, but absolutely delicious. And just the last, I don't know what it is, but, you know, we've just been, you know, usual grocery store and, you know, just trying to buy them. And I don't know, they're just like, they just are off. And it made me appreciate that, uh, phrase because man it is bad apples are bad like that's like apples are one of those fruits where a good crisp crunchy apple absolutely delicious but when an apple starts going bad it's i mean it's not quite raspberry level where raspberries like day two are terrible already but bad apples are gross so i you know i i just feel like i've been living the news lately because uh, we really have had quite a few bad apples lately and it's not good. It's not good. It's, um, it's the fruit that in my opinion, uh, like if you, if you reduce its quality by a very, very small percent, yes. the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And on, on like there are like blueberries, like the, the best blueberry is like big and juicy 
and and a little bit crisp, right. not super soft, but a little bit crisp or whatever. But there's a there's a range there where like blueberries will be enjoyable to eat, and apple has to essentially be perfect. And if it isn't, if it's even one percent mealy, uh, throw it away. Yeah, like if you bite into it and it doesn't like crunch like a carrot. Then it's then it's garbage. That's right. It it really it it's a very it's a precision fruit. It is, uh, and, a, and so and a, be, a good it, one is so good. A good one is incredible, yeah. and one that's even three percent less good is uh, is inedible. Inedible, yeah. No, that's yeah. that's right. Yeah. I I think I do think raspberries are number one on the list. You know what else? You know what other fruit is like good one to not good one is a big it's a very small ratio, but a big difference is grapes. Grapes, yeah, like really yeah. good, crispy, crunchy, like grapes that just oh couldn't be more delicious. Well, now I feel like we have to, uh, for history's sake, for posterity, mention that the reason that we draft things on this podcast is because, <laughs> because of fruit. when we hung out at when we hung out at uh, spring training one year yep. with uh, our friends Chris Jones and Kevin von Valkenberg, Tommy Tomlinson, uh, and Tommy Tomlinson. Yep. We were sitting in the stands of a meaningless Tampa Bay Rays Pittsburgh Pirates split squad game, and we started drafting. We I, I was I was making the argument that that I think it was a red, strawberry argument, yeah. I, well, I, but also that seedless grapes, red seedless grapes, were the best fruit, and then we started drafting fruit, and then here we are, seventy one years later, still doing this. Um, so the my one last meaningless thing is is a is a plea really um, to creators of masks. Uh, we're all wearing masks all the time uh, to stop the spread of this stupid disease that's making everybody sick. Yep. Uh, and I want to make a plea on behalf of glasses wearers. Yes. Now, generally speaking, I wear contact lenses, but I, I also, because it's California, I have to wear sunglasses all the time. And I do sometimes wear my glasses at night when I walk the dog or whatever. And uh, to the best of my knowledge, there is no simple way to avoid fogging up your glasses when you wear a mask. And given that this is a thing that we are going to be dealing with for a long time, uh, there there are really two problems. One is when you breathe through the mask, it fogs up your glasses. That's a problem. Yes. But then, the, and then the other thing is, is that the mask that goes around the ears, which is the most common of the masks, right. um, it really can like dig into your the back of your ear, which is already sensitive because of glasses. wearing glasses, exactly. and it really kind of doubles up the pain. So I know that there are masks that tie behind your head or that have straps that don't go around your ears. But like, generally speaking, most of them go around the ears and it causes both of those problems. So I want to make a plea to someone out there, some ingenious, some young tech person, <laughs> some young, some savvy Silicon Valley tech person, make a mask that doesn't fog up glasses and also doesn't hurt the backs of your ears. And I will gladly pay as much as $11 yes. for that mask. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. There, there, there are two points to be made on that. One is like, there really are two points to be made on that. One is look, anybody, if they can come up with the technology to create some sort of clear plastic um, welders mask for Andy Reed, the chief's coach to wear that doesn't yeah. fog up, then, you know, the technology's out there, you know, right. you know, that they're just sitting on the technology at this point. Um, but the second thing is, uh, my you know here my wife um, makes masks. My wife is is you know, and we're all glasses wearers, and you know she makes the masks that are the ears. It's not so much the ear part doesn't you know because she makes it a pretty thick and soft strap that goes around the ears, so it doesn't really hurt or or affect the ears. But the fogging thing is 
is unbelievable. It's like, it's, I guess they're, maybe they're airtight. I don't even know why these masks specifically are with the fogging thing, but it's, it is, I just live half the day now in a fog. It's just like, yeah. it's just, yeah. I'm just walking around. Like I can't see anything. It doesn't, you know, this is, and just get used to it. But yeah, there's got the fogging thing feels to me like that should have been fixed. Yeah, we ought to have. I mean, the the fix is is a, it's like a simple fix, which is you just heat your glasses up by by either like putting them in your pocket or or in the sun or something, right. and then they they rise to the same. But if you go into an indoor space, yeah, no, that's the and the gla- and your glasses get cold, and then you walk outside, you're in you're in big trouble. <laughs> you're just you're just done. By the way, I I I I wanted to take white out for for the for the uh, office supplies. Not, not because I, I use whiteout or, or whatever, but that, you know, that when the computer started going, man, the whiteout people had to be furious. Yeah. Right. There was, it's like the, it, well, it's like, oh, there's these things like mimeograph paper, right. carbon paper. There's all these things that we used when we were kids that are just, that are, are sort of pointless and whiteout is now pointless. Yeah. The reason you don't take it is because it has no purpose. It has no purpose anymore. anymore. But one day whiteout was like, huge like huge could not have been bigger, oh my god right? it, was, it was enormous so i mean when i was in grade school like you had to have white out because that's how you fix exactly and it was so cool with the like the little the little paintbrush thing that came on it and all of that yeah. i mean it was just it was just delightful to work with and uh then just gone eh, i never got yeah. to say that because uh uh jeff <laughs> failed <laughs> <laughs> abandoned, abandoned us in the middle of the draft all right well we want to thank jeff garland for uh, being with us right we do want to thank him sure yes for being with us for 81 percent of the podcast <laughs> all right it's another one we got through it as always mike thanks thanks for having me does this sound familiar You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login (laughs) for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. Yes, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.